going to carry on with this, this theme and the importance of, of prayer and what can happen whenever the church and the people of God get serious about prayer, get serious about calling upon the Lord. And as a people that we are reminded of, of the fact that, that God can do anything through the power of prayer. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. Some wonderful verses that we'll read here tonight are from 1 John chapter 5, uh, uh, beginning with verse 13. And then we'll read a, also a couple of verses in the book of James uh, chapter 5. But first of all, in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, these things... Have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything, if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we desired. Now that's a wonderful promise. Amen. That promise is given to those who, who are children of God. Now I understand, I, I personally believe that God answers prayers even of sinners. Sometimes sinners just lift up a prayer and cry out for mercy and and God answers prayers. We can't really limit who or how God might answer prayer. But I do know that there is a special position that we, we are in as children of God to pray. We're on solid ground. We're on a solid foundation to pray if you are a child of God. If you belong to the Lord. And that's what verse 13 is talking about. These things have I written unto you. Talking about the, the previous things in, uh, in all of the letter here. First John. These things have I written unto you. That you would believe on the name of the Son of God. And that you might know that you have eternal life. And that you might believe on the name of the Son of God. So if you're a believer... If you have been born again of the Spirit, then you're, you're, on a, you're on a solid foundation to pray a prayer of faith and to get that prayer through. Amen. According to the promise that's given to us here in, in 1 John chapter 5. And this is the confidence. What's the confidence? The confidence is we know God. We're children of God. We belong to Him. And we have a confidence. Actually, that word confidence is a word uh, that, um, uh, that means a, uh, someone that uh, has um, uh, boldness. Someone that is uh, courageous to speak out. Uh, we have this kind of confidence. We're not backward. We're not shy. We're not insecure about this because we belong to the Lord. We're children of God, so we can go to God in prayer and bring our petitions to the Lord in prayer because we belong to him. We are his children. Amen. And you know how, uh, how parents are. Parents, 
They, they want to meet the needs of their children if they can, if it's reasonable. Uh, uh, but I mean, there's just, there's this des- desire in your heart uh, that if your child or your grandchild is in need and you have the means, the ability the, uh, to take care of that, you're going to step up. If it's a legitimate need, you're going to do what you can uh, to do that. Well, we are his children. He is our heavenly father. And he has unlimited resources and power. So when you come to the Lord with confidence, you can pray and believe that God is going to move. So tonight we're talking about praying about the impossible. Praying about the impossible. And um, this man in Mark chapter 9 who brought his son to Jesus. He brought his son to Jesus because he was, he was uh, being attacked. Demon, uh, uh, demon attacks against him so much so uh, that, uh, that he had lost his ability to speak. The Bible says he was dumb. And that uh, oftentimes that demonic spirit would throw him in a fire or throw him in the water to try to destroy him. This child, this, this young person was under attack. And here is a father who wants to help his child. He's concerned about his child. And so uh, he, uh, he brings him to Jesus. And he says, I brought him to your disciples they couldn't do anything about it. You know the scripture, Jesus uh, corrects them and disciplines them for their lack of faith and says, bring the child to me. And that day, that child was set free. It says in verse 24, Mark 9 and 24, and straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. What does that even mean? Is it, he said, Lord, I, I believe, but help my unbelief. Well, here's what I believe that it, it means. I believe that this man was believing as far as he could. And uh, uh, he, 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 was, he needed some help. Lord, I believe, but I need you to help me because I've come up against something that's, that's uh, beyond my power. I can't do anything about this. I can't change it. This is, a, this is like an impossible situation. I think we have to be reminded of the fact that yeah, in our humanity, that there are things that we cannot do. We have no ability to take care of some needs and some problems. And we can pray about it. We believe, but we're like this man. We come up against some impossible situation and we just kind of back up in our prayer because we see this, this big insurmountable thing in front of us. And it's hard for us to believe for that. We believe in Jesus. We believe uh, that he can move in a lot of situations. But sometimes it's hard to believe that he can do the impossible. But we, if you're a student of the New Testament... I can't even go through all the scriptures that remind us that he is the God of the impossible, that he can do the impossible. We we have our limitations and uh, 
we fall short even in our faith, even in our confidence in God. And that's why this man said, Lord, I do believe, but would you help my unbelief? This is something insurmountable. This is, this is something that's impossible. Uh, I can't see how this can be resolved. And some of you may be dealing with impossible situations in your life. Things that are overwhelming to you. You don't know what to do. You don't know how uh, that you could ever see this situation turn around. And um, I have felt for the last week or so just compelled in my spirit just to remind you that, that you should not give up in your prayer. That you should not lose heart in your prayer. You should be uh, confident and um, uh, determined to keep on praying about those needs, about those unsaved friends and family members, about those that are sick and some of them critically sick or those various things that are burdens on your heart. And you, um, sometimes we lose heart. We're like that father who says, Lord, I do believe, but I'm, I'm having trouble believing you for this big thing, this great problem, this, this impossible situation. He said, help my unbelief. Remember the Bible says in James chapter 5 that Elias was a man subject to like passions. What does it mean? It just means Elijah was human. He was human. He was subject to like passions like we are. He had his own weaknesses and his faith would waver sometimes and he had a hard time, I believe. But the Bible says that he was a man of like passions. He was human, but he prayed. And when he prayed, he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. This same man, even in the weakness of his you know, frailty, his humanity, he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth fruit. It's a reminder to us. That even in our weakness, and sometimes when we're praying about things, we just feel our limitation. And we get overwhelmed by the fact that problems are so big. And sometimes people are so unresponsive and needs are so great that we don't know what to do. It doesn't seem like that our prayers are making a difference. That they're getting through. But I want to remind you here tonight... That God is a God that keeps his word. And it is impossible for God to fail you. You're a child of God. He's not going to fail you. It's impossible for God to lie. God will not fail to keep his promise to you. Amen. No matter how big, how difficult, how uh, overwhelming that it might seem to you as far as your your flesh is concerned when you see this overwhelming situation. It may be so big you don't know what to do about it. But I want you to be encouraged tonight that God will keep his word. He will keep his word. There hath not failed one word of his good promise. That's 1 Kings chapter 8 verse 56. There hath not failed one word of his good promise. Get a hold of the promise of God and get a hold of a, of a newfound confidence. And that's what John is writing about here. He said, we, we 
Notice the, when you read through this chapter, the number of times that the word no is mentioned in verse 1 or verse 13, the, the first verse we read tonight, that you might know that you have eternal life. Verse 15, if we know that he hear us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we desired of him. Amen. And so we need to pray until we have this assurance and we know Uh, We know that God is working. We know that God is moving. We have the confidence in our spirit that God is moving in that situation. I made reference a couple of times to the the passage of Scripture there in the book of Acts chapter 12. When James was taken by Herod and beheaded, Peter's thrown in prison. He's on death row. He's getting ready to be... um, uh, killed as well. He is, he is thrown in prison. He's in the deepest part of the prison on death row. Uh, the Bible says he is chained with two chains, that there are Roman soldiers guarding him and also guarding the prison. And uh, uh, it's a hopeless situation. It is an impossible situation. And uh, uh, I mean, Herod is is a powerful, powerful king with the Roman government behind his back. And you're not going to stop him. He's going to do what he has intended to do. And Peter is going to be executed in just a day or two. His life is going to be taken just like the apostle James's life was taken. The same way he's going to die. And the church knows that. And the people know that Peter is, is, in, a, is in a crisis. They know that it's, it's impossible. It's, it's something that, not, that can't, be, can't be changed. And so Peter is kept in prison. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Amen. The church went to prayer for him. Amen. Now, I, I've never been in jail as a prisoner, but I hope if that day ever comes that the church has got enough power to pray me out of jail. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But uh, this, was, it was, this was a power. It doesn't say anything about it being a really large group because they gathered in the home of Mary. So it was probably a, like a home prayer meeting, but it was the church body that gathers there in that home and they pray to see Peter released from prison. And God sends angels into that prison uh, to, to release him, to break the chains free, to, to apparently put the, uh, those Roman soldiers in a, in a stupor so that they don't know what's happening, telling him, put your garment on, put your sandals on, we're leaving this place and lead him out through the different uh, uh, parts of the prison and out into the street. And, and, uh, and Peter says, um, it says, when he came to himself, it was like he was, in a, he was in a daze, like in a dream, that how could this happen? I'm in prison. I'm chained up with guards around me. How could I ever get out of this mess? i tell you how he got out of it. The church went to prayer. 
And when, when the church sees the value of prayer, we can pray about the impossible situations of our life and see God turn it around. Praise God. When Peter came to himself, now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. Praise God. Praise God for a praying church. Praise God for people that know how to pray and to pray prayers that can change impossible circumstances. Amen. And believe God to do it. Amen. Jesus said with men, it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. Now just think with me just for a moment. Everyone in this service tonight. I want you to just think, what is it? It's in your mind. What is it that's weighing on your heart? What is the situation that seems so big, so insurmountable, that sometimes you don't even pray about it? You've almost just accepted it. This is just the way that it's going to be. And uh, you just... You've lost confidence in faith. You're like that, that father who said, I do believe, I do believe, but please help my unbelief. There's, an, there's like a, a different level uh, of need that's big. It's impossible, insurmountable. It's overwhelming. Lord, help my unbelief in this category, in this situation. And so some of you here tonight, and I just want you to, just think about that thing, maybe one, one or more things that uh, you're dealing with in your own struggles, and it's overwhelming to you. It might be money problems, family problems, health problems. It, it really doesn't matter what it is. It makes no difference if it's so big and overwhelming to you that you can't see how you're going to be able to, to, to get on the other side of this situation. Please be encouraged tonight that God is the God that can move, and he will move. If we will pray and call upon the Lord, we can pray about impossible situations and see them turned around for the glory of God. As I mentioned, this, this, uh, you're on good ground to pray this prayer of impossibility if you're a child of God. Amen. If you belong to Jesus, if you know him, if you're in fellowship with him, then you're on good, good ground and good foundation to pray. And this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will. That's another step in our praying the prayer of that's impossible. And that is a prayer of, a, of agreement with God's plan and God's will. Amen. Now, it's one thing to pray prayers, but it's really important to pray in the will of God. Amen. To pray the will of the Lord. Amen. And um, that you are walking in obedience to the will of God and you're praying God's will. And uh, don't pray asking the Lord to do something that the word of God already says, no, don't do that. Or no, don't follow that direction. If the word of God says, no, prohibits you from doing that or going that direction, don't pray about that. You're wasting your breath. You need to pray in the will of God. Pray according to the will of God. 
So you're in good standing when you pray because you're a child of God. And you're in good standing to pray this kind of prayer if you are willing to submit to the will of God. Amen. And do it God's way. And walk according to the plan of God. Amen. It's been said that people, uh, that prayer is not a way of overcoming God's reluctance, but laying hold of his willingness. If we know God's will, then we can pray with boldness. Amen. It's God's will that all men be saved, so you don't have to worry about that. If you're praying about someone that's unsaved, you can pray with power and authority. Amen. Because you're a child of God, and it's the will of God that your loved ones be saved. Amen. You don't have to doubt that at all. You can pray with that kind of an assurance that you are praying in the will of God. Now, if you're praying for a million dollars, that might not be the will of God. <laughs> it might not be. Unless God has got a plan to use that for his kingdom some way, then maybe. I don't know. But if you're praying just for your own, you know, fleshly desires and, the, the, you know, your, to your own fulfillment and what you want and what you would please you, you're not praying in the will of God. So uh, we, we're able to pray confidently because we belong to him. We are children of the king and we can pray confidently because we're praying in the will of the Lord. Amen. This is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Now that's to me one of the most incredible and amazing things uh, to, to know, and that is that you, and even in our smallness, in our weakness, that the God of heaven would pay attention to our needs. But that's what it says. That when you pray that kind of a prayer, that prayer of confidence, that prayer of faith, when you pray that kind of a prayer, the God of the universe, the God that created everything that is, that spoke everything in existence, he hears your prayer. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Glory to God. He hears your prayer. And I don't know about you, but that gives me a lot of confidence just to know that God is interested in me and my needs and my uh, problems and my concerns. And he's interested in you child of God. He's interested in your burdens and your needs and even the impossible things that are weighing heavily upon your heart. God moves when people pray. Amen. Second Kings chapter 18 and 19 is the account of, of King Hezekiah. He became king just as a young man and uh, uh, he was a good king, a righteous king. Matter of fact, it says that he clave to the Lord. He clave to the Lord. He was dependent upon uh, uh, the Lord. And, uh, uh, but King Hezekiah, he had, uh, I think it was about the 19th year of his reign, that there was a king by the name of Sennacherib that came up to oppose him. And he... Uh, uh, he was defeating every nation. Every city was falling under the mighty power 
of the armies of Sennacherib. And you can read about it there in chapter 18 of, of, uh, of 2 Kings. And here's what, here's what uh, this is how they responded to Hezekiah and, and to, to the people of God. Hath any of the gods of the nations delivered at all his, his land out of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamath and Arpad? Where are the gods of Seravim and Hena and Iva? And so he's going through all of these different uh, regions and cities and is saying, I've gone into every one of them and I've completely destroyed them and annihilated them and I'm coming after Judah as well. The Bible says that Hezekiah received the letter letting him know that the armies of Sennacherib were getting ready to come up against him and to destroy them like they were every other nation. The Bible says that Hezekiah, this is chapter 19 and verse 14, he received the letter of the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, which dwelleth between the cherubims, thou art the God, even thou alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth, Thou hast made heaven and earth. Lord, bow down thine ear and hear. And open, Lord, thine eyes and see. And hear the words of Sennacherib, which hath uh, sent him to reproach the living God. This is, a, this is a plea of a man of God. This is a prayer of a man of God who goes to the temple when he hears about this mighty army that's coming up against Judah. And he goes to the house of God and prays it through. Goes to the house of God and presents uh, the need uh, to, to the Lord. Isaiah is the prophet during that time and he comes uh, to him and tells him, the Lord's heard your cry. The Lord has heard your prayer. And the prayer that you prayed against Sennacherib of Assyria, I have heard. That was the promise of the Lord. And he said, I'm going to defend this city. I'm going to save it for my own sake and for my servant's sake. And it came to pass that night that the angel of the Lord went out and smote in the camp of the Assyrians a hundred fourscore and five thousand, a hundred and eighty-five thousand of their trained soldiers of the Assyrian army that was threatening Judah. And all it took was a, was a man of God to go to the house of God and, and put his plea out before the Lord and cry out to the Lord for deliverance. And God moved for Judah. And God moved for Hezekiah and delivered him and saved the nation and destroyed the Assyrian army that was coming up against them. That's just one. There's many other examples in the scripture. And I won't take the time to go into them. But there are many places in the scripture where God moved when the people of God prayed. Amen. And they prayed about impossible situations in their life. Amen. He has for me down through the years. He's been faithful to answer prayer. To move for us. To move for our household. Our family.
He's moved for many of you. I know many circumstances of many of you in your, your own life, how God has moved. But this tonight, this word is for some of you that are dealing with some impossible situations or at least in your human frailty, it seems impossible. But what you need to pray tonight is, Lord, I do believe, but I'm just having, I'm having a struggle believing to this next level. This, this, these are big problems and overwhelming situations and I don't know how to pray about it. I can't. And uh, so that man said, Lord, I, I do believe, but help thou my unbelief. Help in the area that I can't seem to have faith to believe you for the impossible. And for some of you here tonight, I'm just asking that God would speak to you. I know that the Lord would not deal with me about this subject for the last over a week now if it wasn't for the fact that there are people right here in this congregation that you are dealing with overwhelming situations, impossible, so much so that you can't hardly muster the strength to pray about it. You're having a hard time even praying about it because it seems so big and so impossible. You pray about everything else, but you just can't seem to pray about that need, that situation. This word of the Lord is for you tonight. It's for you. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, I don't know at all those in this building, Lord, that are facing impossible odds, circumstances problems, Lord, and burdens in their life. But Lord, I do know that you answered the prayers of the church and delivered Peter from prison. I know that you answered the prayers of Hezekiah the king and destroyed the armies of Sennacherib. And I know, Lord, that you can do the impossible. And I'm asking you, Lord, tonight, Lord, that faith would rise up in the hearts of people in this place, that even if they do believe, but they're just having difficulty in some particular area, some need that's, it just seems overwhelming to them, Lord. And I know, Lord, that you dealt with me about this for this service tonight. So I ask you, Lord, minister to people in this service tonight. In Jesus' name. Would you stand with me?